Well, it's so wonderful to be with you today. We're going to dig into the word. Are you ready? Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and check out our very creative title for our message today. A very merry message. Lessons from the life of Mary. That's not the real Mary, just so you know. That's a model wearing Bible clothes. So Mary did not pose for this, just in case you were wondering. But, but, but we're, we're going to learn some lessons from the life of Mary today. And you've heard of a very merry Christmas. You've got a very merry message coming your way today. Now, here's the thing. This is a very unique life. And so sometimes when someone has had a unique life and is uniquely used of God, we, we tend to put them on this level and all of us lowly saints are down here on this level somewhere. But, but the real truth of the matter is that the, the same things that Mary had working in her life are the same things that you can have working in your life. Though your destiny is different. Ain't nobody here going to, you know, experience immaculate conception or anything like that, all right? That, 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 that was a unique destiny to Mary. But you do have a destiny. And the great thing is that we're going to see the similarities and things that we can grab onto in our life that we see at work in Mary's life that, that's, that, that's uh, going to be flowing for us. So glory to God. Uh, we're going to dig into this today. The first thing we're going to look at is submission. Can you say submission? submission. Oh, Lord. By the way, y'all, you don't have to keep the title up, the, I mean the the picture up the whole time because Mary's better looking than I am. So I want people looking at me today. <laughs> submission. My goodness. I'll tell you, that's a wonderful word. Isn't that? Everybody gets excited about the word submission. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, preach it. Here we go. But, but this is one of the number one things that we're going to learn from Mary's life that we need happening in our life. Let's take a look at Luke chapter one. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Now, now, keep in mind that this is what Mary says after she just gets some serious major news. <laughs> I mean, you, you just imagine, put yourself in her shoes for a moment and, and imagine the angel showing up to you and telling you what he told her. I mean, that, that's just blow your mind kind of stuff. But what is the response that Mary had? And this is one of the first things that we need to see because there are some things she had working in her, we got to have working in us. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Just those words, let it be to me according to your word. Somebody said, Let it be to me. According to your word. And I tell you, that, that's a, such an important aspect of this idea of submission. That, that means we're not arguing with the Lord about it, trying to talk him out of it, trying to talk him into something. We're, we're just very simply saying, if you say that's the way it's going to be, then I'm just coming right in line with it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to go ahead and, and, and doubt you, wonder about it, question you. You know, nothing wrong with asking the Lord a question. As long as it's a faith question, not a doubt question. Even Mary asked the Lord a question, kind of like how this is going to happen because, uh, 
You know, me and Joseph, we, we ain't active. <laughs> Come on now. We can talk straight in church. But, 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 but the thing is, is that she, she was asking a genuine question of the Lord. She, she was honestly wanting to know an answer as opposed to the question that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, asked a question. But his question got the angel upset. So, so in one case, he got the angel just simply a- answering a question from Mary. He said, well, this is how it's going to happen. And you've got Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who asked a question to the angel. And the angel said, man, we need to shut you up so you don't mess this thing up. And he couldn't talk until the baby was born. Imagine that. So, so, you know, you can ask a question in faith or you can ask a question in doubt. You, you can ask a question uh, to, to get some clarification or you can ask some, a question that, that is actually questioning the character and the ability of God to get something done. So make sure when you ask a question, you ask the right kind. Just a little side note for you. <laughs> But, but in this context of submission, one of the most amazing things that we're going to see in the life of Mary is that, how shall I say it? When she submitted to the work of the Lord in her life and said, let it be to me according to your word, she was also, in essence, saying, Lord, I trust you, and I also trust this guy that you gave me to be my husband. Now, this is interesting, what we're going to see here. We're going to look at the, the, the way that Mary so seamlessly flowed with her husband when her husband was having dreams that we should do this and do that, and she wasn't having the dream. And now, now this is not a, a message on wives submit to your husbands or anything like that, so no, no rock throne. But, 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 but the idea of, of, of this submission... Uh, that was manifest in her life is pretty amazing. Matthew 2. We're going to look at 13 to 15 first and then 19 to 22. So uh, this is Matthew 2, 13. We'll start there. Now when they had departed, that's the wise men, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now next verse. Now keep in mind, Joseph had the dream. Nobody else had the dream, just Joseph. So when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Now how many of you wives out there, if your husband had a dream last night and then got you up and said, you and the baby, we got to go. Where are we going? We're going to Egypt. Why? Because I just had a dream that told me we need to go. How many of you would think there was something wrong with what your husband ate before bed last night? Something about that pizza, something about those anchovies or uh, whatever the ingredients was in the pizza. Boy, I don't know what you ate or what you drank, but but we ain't going nowhere. Certainly not in the middle of the night. Well, verse 15. And they were there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Verse 19. Same chapter. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Next verse. Saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Next verse. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Next verse. 
But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. Now you, you think, boy, that, that's a pretty impressive marital relationship for, for this girl to just stop and drop whenever her husband had a dream. But I want you to know that there was a foundation built before this. Because you see, Mary already knew that this man heard from God. I'll tell you how. Because he confidently went and married a girl in the culture of Israel in that day, 2,000 years ago. He married a girl who was clearly pregnant with a baby that he knew did not belong to him. So as far as Mary was concerned, this man definitely heard from God. Because you'd have to hear from God to buy this story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, hallelujah. But you see, there was a foundation already laid. Because Mary knew that, that the only way that Joseph would have the confidence to go head on with a life with her is that he heard from God for himself. And that he heard the very same thing that she heard. So on the basis of that confidence, she could move into another level of relationship where even when she wasn't the one who had the dream. Even when Joseph had the dream, but she didn't, she had enough confidence in Joseph to be able to flow with the dream and know he was hearing from God. Whoa, hallelujah. But you see, that's part of that submissive attitude that she had. Let it be to me according to your word. Lord, if you gave me the man, then I can trust the man. If you said it's going to be this way, it's going to be this way. Never, never a, a, a spirit of bucking up against the Lord or against his plan. But always a willingness to submit to the plan of God. And that is not just something that is demonstrated through her life and her own experience. But then later in years when she has an opportunity to give advice to others. She's given the same advice to others that she walked in herself. Because when uh, uh, Jesus was just beginning his ministry in the book of John chapter 2. And she was over there at a wedding feast. And they ran out of wine at the wedding feast. But what was the words that Mary said? Put that verse up there. John chapter 2. Woo! There it is. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Not only was that the way she lived her life, but when she had an opportunity to give some advice to other people, that was the same advice. Just submit to the word. If he says it, do it. It worked for me, and it'll work for you too. Now, what happened is that that kind of submission actually allowed the work of the Holy Spirit in her life. So we saw she was an example in submission, but she was also an example regarding the Spirit. The Spirit of God was allowed to work in Mary because of that submissive attitude that she had to the Lord. Now, now check this out. This is a beautiful thing. The, the work of the Holy Spirit involved in this is amazing. Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35, it just states it so clearly. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now that there's been the, the submission of Mary, there's therefore the involvement of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew 1. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Keep going. Verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. You see the work of the Holy Spirit so clear in the life of Mary and in the, the, the work that God was doing in her to plant the, the very seed of God inside of her. Now check this out. When you submit to God, it allows the Holy Spirit to deposit in you what is needed to fulfill his destiny for you. Because of her submission to God and that spirit that said, let it be to me according to your word, that allowed the moving of the Holy Spirit to go into her life and to deposit in her that which was necessary to see the destiny fulfilled. How many of you have ever been pregnant with something in your spirit before? Because you see, when you submit to the plan of God about something, then you therefore allow the Holy Spirit to be able to deposit in you what is needed to see that plan happen, to see that destiny fulfilled. And I think we need some more people who are submissive to the plan of God that would open the door to the work of the Holy Spirit to plant the thing in you that needs to be planted that would therefore grow and develop and ultimately result in a destiny being fulfilled. Come on, somebody. Oh, I feel like preaching today. You know, I, I think about this. You know, so sometimes you need to be so full of something that it's kicking you. So full of something that, that you feel it moving inside you. You feel it growing inside of you. I, I mean, you, you know, uh, you, you, you just get fired up about something because God, the Holy Ghost, has deposited something inside of you. Some of you need to get good and, and shall we say, spiritually pregnant. Having a deposit made inside of you. A deposit of destiny made inside of you. Where, where you just, you, you, you know what they say about pregnant people, they're expecting. And that, that's what you are, you're expecting. <laughs> because you have something that God's put inside of you and you're expecting the fulfillment of that. You're expecting the completion of that. You're excited about it. You're so excited about it. You say, somebody get me some pickles and ice cream. I'm excited about this thing. And it will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. Or whatever your favorite pregnant food was. Hey. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, the, the summer that my wife was pregnant with Jaina, we put a whole lot of ice cream into the ministry. I'll tell you, Lord have mercy. I mean, we just had to repent. I'll tell you, there's a lot of ice cream. Moving right along. 
Check out Luke chapter 1, verse 40. Luke 1, 40. Here we go. We know it's in there. If not, I'll read it to you. It's in the Bible. Luke chapter 1, verse 40. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know, maybe I wrote the wrong verse down. But anyhow, let me read it to you. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the bottom line of that? Here it is. When you've allowed the Holy Spirit, oh, come on. When you've allowed the Holy Spirit to work in your life, others will also recognize his work in you and even your very presence can affect someone. When you have allowed the Holy Spirit to work in your life, others will also recognize his work in you and even your very presence can affect someone. That should be affect, A-F-F-E-C-T. You know the difference? I'm, I'm having a little fun with you teachers now and, and you, you grammatical people, the difference between effect and effect, moving right along. But, but, but here, here, here's a thought for you. Think about this, that, that, that when, when Mary came around, it said that Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit and, and Elizabeth being the mother of John the Baptist and she was pregnant with John the Baptist at the time and, and just, just one woman who was full of the Holy Spirit coming into the presence of these, Elizabeth got full of the Holy Spirit and John just, woo! Hey, I feel the anointing. I mean, baby having church in mama's belly. I mean, he, he might have just done one of these. Hey, you know. I mean, that, 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 that little feet is having church there. You know what I'm saying? But because they came into the presence of someone who is full of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Man, I got to tell you, being full of the Holy Spirit is something we got to do today. Because you know what? If you want the destiny of God fulfilled in your life, he's the one that deposits it in there. And he's the one who helps you bring it through to completion. Hallelujah. And, and you know what's interesting? Talking about the, the effect of the Holy Spirit in Mary's life. You know, when you go to Acts chapter 1, and it describes the crowd that was gathered together in the upper room in Jerusalem after Jesus was raised from the dead, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, gathered there in that upper room among that 120 people was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. And verse 4 of chapter 2 of the book of Acts says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mary was there. Woo! So I say, hey, if it's good enough for Mary, it's good enough for me. Hallelujah. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And why be full of the Holy Spirit? Well, among other reasons, one thing that you know will happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you get a song. You get a song. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about that over in Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get a song. 
Let's take a look at Mary's song. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Next verse. We'll just keep on going. And my spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly estate of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Isn't that interesting? You submit to the Lord. You allow the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. And when the Holy Spirit gets involved, you get a song. Hey, hallelujah. Now, one thing about Mary's song and one thing about our song is that when we've got a song, we're paying attention to God's greatness and what he has done to us and what he's done to others. But the, the, the notable thing about Mary's song was that it was a song of remembrance of what God has already done and spoken. His deeds and his words, his deeds and his words. Verse 54 talked about how he helped. Verse 55 talked about how he spoke. His deeds and his words. And so this here leads us to recognize the importance of having the memory, the remembrance of his deeds and his words stored up inside of us. Which leads us to this. Storage. Mary had some storage. You think, what on earth are you talking about? What size storage was it? You know, uh, what kind of storage container did she have? Well, we're going to talk about that for a minute. But you see, first of all, she had some storage because of the remembrance. She held on to the remembrance of what God had already done and what God had already said. And as things happened in her life of significance... She put them in storage. We're going to read it right now. Are you ready? You won't find out about the storage thing. You, you know I'm not making it up. Are you ready? Luke 2. Oh, yeah. Verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She kept things. She held on to them. She didn't let it go. Come on. Same chapter. Verse 51. Whew. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things things in her heart. Someone say storage. storage. You know, there's something so important about having that, that storage, what Mary did to be able to hold on to these things and not let them go, keep them in her heart, ponder them in her heart. You know, it's interesting. There's a verse in Psalm 119 that just rings a bell to me. Your word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin against you. There's a translation of that that actually says, your word I have treasured and stored in my heart. Someone say storage. And this is a very, very important key. You, you, you see, there's some things that you're going to need later. 
There are some things that you're going to need down the road. And so that's why you can't let them go. Peter even warned about letting things slip. You remember that in, uh, in one of Peter's epistles? He said, I'm stirring yourself up by way of remembrance so that what you heard, you don't let it slip. So there's an important thing to be able to keep things in storage so that you can recall them because there's things that God's doing now that aren't just for the present, but has have something to do with preparation for time to come. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to continue to talk about storage in just a minute. But I want to go on to something else here that is connected. The next thing that we see in Mary's life is the sword. And you know what? That's not a fun thing to talk about. You, you know, let's talk about the moving of the Holy Spirit. And let's talk about the song. But let's skip the submission part and skip the sword part. But, but, but the reality is that one of the, one of the most important insights that, that Mary received about her life was not even uh, until it, it was actually one of the last things in Scripture that we see that was said to her. She, she, she saw the, 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 the wonder and the glory of the son and who the son was and, and, and what her son would do. But then one of the last people to speak to her was a man named Simeon. Luke chapter 2, verse 34 through 35. And I wanted you to look at his words. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Next verse. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Hey, y'all, it's not very fun talking about this aspect of things. You know, when Mary heard all the great things that God was going to do and all the things that he was going to accomplish through her son. And then, you know, hear about this sword thing. What does that mean? A sword will pierce through your soul. And it's interesting. Could it be that some of the things that she kept in storage were going to be beneficial for the time when she experienced the sword. And do you think there's any more suitable way to interpret that than to imagine the moment when Mary, the mother of Jesus, is standing in front of an old rugged cross, looking up and seeing her son dying on that cross? Because you know she was there. Because you remember Jesus talked to his apostle John right there from the cross. Said, take care of mama. Said, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And from that day forward, John took care of Mary. So you know she was there. Talk about the ultimate of a sword piercing a mama's heart. But while we're talking about sword... And, and the sword that Mary experienced. I want to submit something to you that even though Mary experienced a sword, Mary herself had a sword in storage. Remember we were talking about storage? Mary had a sword in storage. Did you know that? 
Well, guess what? We're going to go ahead and find out. Do you know that Ephesians chapter 6 says, in verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Next verse. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the Greek word for word being rhema, the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. Now, are you ready to take a trip with me? All right. Say, what do you mean Mary had a sword? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Yep. The sword of the spirit is the rhema of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. What does that mean here? Whew. Let's go back to two verses we just looked at, and now I'm going to give you a clue. Now, now we know that over in Ephesians, it said that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God, that being the Greek word rhema. Here, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. See that word things? That's the Greek word rhema. But Mary kept this rhema and pondered it in her heart. 252. Come on now. 51, thank you. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these rhema in her heart. Now, I, I never saw this thing the other day. And when I saw this, I about had to, fit, had to run around the church, do, do something, do flips. Because it hit me. Not only did Mary experience a sword, Mary herself had a sword. Because if the sword of the Spirit is the rhema of God, and what Mary was storing in her heart was rhema, then she wasn't only one who was experiencing the sword, but she was one who had a sword herself. The sword of the Spirit is the rhema of God, and what Mary was keeping in storage was the rhema of God. That which was spoken to her specifically about her destiny, that which was spoken to her specifically about how this thing was supposed to get wrapped up. Mm. We're going to end on a fun note today. I'll tell you that. I feel it already. So, you see, sometimes we get excited about getting a word from the Lord. <laughs> Say, yeah, yeah, we want a word from the Lord. Glory to God. Yeah, give me, some, give, give me a word from the Lord. I, I, I want my own personal word. And, and you know, uh, there, there's a genuine word from the Lord, a prophetic word that you can receive. And, and then, then sometimes they're just a bunch of fluff, you know. Uh, uh, so some people just like to say things to stroke people's egos, you know, say, uh, yay, the Lord says you win the lottery and you'll sing like Mary J. Blige and, you know, something like that. And you can't carry a note in a bucket and never will. So, so, you know, the, the, the idea is, 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 you know, that there, there's a genuine and, and there's fluff, but, but there is a real prophetic word. Now. Let's check this out. When a prophetic word comes, see, you get excited about getting a prophetic word, but a prophetic word means something. First Timothy chapter 1. 
You may have never even realized this was in the Bible before. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Now, say, I want the word from the Lord, but how many of you want the warfare that comes with the word? <laughs> but you know, if God is going to speak in a very specific, direct way to you about something, it's very often the case that he's doing something a, a little extra and a little more, shall we say, spectacular, because there, there, there's some warfare coming with it. And you see the way that the Lord so laid out the plan to Mary in such supernatural, spectacular fashion. You think girlfriend had some warfare to deal with. Yeah, the sword came. And when the sword came, it had the appearance as though it was the end. I mean, she's standing there before a cross seeing her son die there. It has the appearance of that being the end. But she had some things that were deposited inside of her. Some words from the Lord. Some rhema from the Lord that was deposited inside of her. So when the sword came to her, she had a sword herself. And that's the very reason why would the Lord give you a word and give you some direction and some insight into things to come for you. Because he knows that warfare is coming. He knows a sword is coming to you that's going to try to fight against your destiny and take your destiny away from you. But he wants you to have a sword of your own. Ha, ha, Now, Bottom line is this, when God's <laughs> getting you into position, you got to expect some opposition. Expect opposition during your transition into your new position. Expect opposition during your transition into your new position. Your new position is that ultimate destiny that God's got for you, that which he's spoken to you, that which he's planted in your heart. But on your way there, on your way of transitioning to get there, on that road traveling to get there, what should you expect? Guaranteed, absolutely positively guaranteed, expect opposition. Another way to say it is expect to fight during your flight on the way to your future so bright. Hey, you know me, I like to rhyme. Expect to fight during your flight on the way to your future. So bright. Now, one thing that I want to see, what was one of the things that Mary could hold on to when she's standing there at the cross? What was one of the, the, the rhema word of God, that, that one of the, those rhema words that she had that she could hold on to during the time when it looked like it was over? I want you to check this out. This is the words of the angel to her out of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, it says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Next verse, listen closely. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. Forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. 
Now, you got to see this. The, the sword that came against her said there was an end. <laughs> the sword that came against her showed her son dead on a cross and having an end. But the sword that she had stored showed her son reigning and never having an end. Do you think there might have been something in mama there at the foot of the cross witnessing what's happening to her son and says, I know it's what I'm seeing and I know it's what I'm experiencing and I know it's what's going on right now. But there's something inside of me and I remember what I stored because I stored my sword. And I know that inside of me was those words of his kingdom. There will be no end. I see an end here and it appears to be an end. But there's something inside of me that says there won't be an end. You know the sword's coming your way. You don't need that to be prophesied to you. It's coming. How many of you have already experienced a sword coming against you in your life? Coming against your destiny in your life? Woo! But you see, when we realize that the rhema word of God is the sword of the spirit and that, that our gun is bigger than his gun. Our weapon's bigger than his weapon. Our weapon's greater and more effective than his. The weapons of your warfare is not carnal, the scripture says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So yeah, the sword came to Mary. But she had a sword in her possession that trumped the sword that came against her. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. You know, this is not uh, a plug for a movie, but as I was studying the other day, I couldn't help but, but think of a movie. How many of you remember Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> and that very popular line is him, you know, he's coming up from the Australian outback, walking through New York, New York City with his girlfriend, and the young thugs come up and pull out their little blade. And you see a man that's just standing there and looking with such confidence, with, with that confident little smirk on his face. And he says, you call that a knife? <laughs> it's the best saucy you can get out of me. I'm sorry, y'all, you know. You call that a knife? And then he pulls out his big old bolo knife. And says, now oh, that's a knife. <laughs> Y'all get in the picture. Y'all get in the picture here. You have the enemy coming you with a knife. You know he's coming. 
Oh, yeah, girl. Come on, I'm going to preach to you, Tina. Here we go. Now, now the, the, the devil's coming. You know he's coming. You, you know he's a thug and he's coming going to try to steal your stuff, steal your destiny and do anything he can to mess with your life. But when he comes, you call that a knife? Come on. And then you pull out the rainbow word that God's given you. And you say, now that's a knife. y'all never thought you could have so much church off a silly line out of a movie. <laughs> but we just did. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So what do you do? You submit. Submission. Allows the work of the spirit to move. And to make the deposit of destiny that he needs to make inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit gets involved, you get your song on. You get your praise on. A song that's celebrating his goodness. A song that's celebrating the work that he did. And the work that he's doing. His deeds and his words. You stir those things up. Put them in storage. Put your sword in storage. Put your rhema in storage. Those scriptures that have meant so much to you and to the road you're traveling. The words, the genuine words from God that have been spoken to you over the course of time. Put them in storage. <laughs> and then what? The sword will come. But when the sword comes, because you got a sword in storage, you can pull that out at the right moment. And even when it looked like the circumstances of life are telling you the story is ending one way, 
there can be something that rises up inside of you that says, that's not how it's going to end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray today. Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor you. We bless the holy name of Jesus today. We're so thankful, Lord. Lord, we believe that that this is part of the the preparation. That this is part of the, the, the word for us to put in store. So that at the time when we need it and need to recall it, it'll be there. It'll be stored up in our heart. It'll have been deposited. So then therefore we can go ahead and withdraw it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this. And you know, if you were to say another thing about Mary, as we're going to pray today, and I want to give an invitation to people that need to know Jesus. One other thing Mary did was she recognized who her Savior was. And that song, a beautiful song known as the the Magnificat. She said, my soul does magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary recognized her Savior. And today, in this place, you're going to have the opportunity to recognize your Savior. And to know this, that Her Savior and your Savior are one and the same. The very baby she carried, the very one who died upon that cross, but who also rose from the dead, is ascended into heaven, and lives forever and ever. His name is Jesus. So if that's you, and you don't know Jesus... But you'd like to. (laughs) This is your moment. If you know you need saving, but you've not yet embraced the Savior who does the saving, this is your moment. So if you're out there, I'd like to pray for you here today.